when they had preached the gospel to that city and had made disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Welcome to another edition of The Sword and the Spirit. We take a look at the issues of the day, both in and out of the church, via teaching and interviews. Our goal here is to stimulate thoughts and conversations that will lead to positive growth and action on the part of the listener. My prayer is that those who have an ear to hear will hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church. Welcome back to another edition of The Sword and the Spirit. This is our final podcast for 2022. Woo-hoo. So, we wish everyone a happy 2023, happy new year. And God's willing, this will be a better year for everyone than it was uh, last year. Hopefully things improve. Always want to believe the best and pray for the best. But we also need to understand that we live in a fallen world and things don't always quite work the way we would like it to. Having said that, today's topic is going to be suffering. Suffering and for the life of the believer, for the Christian. What does it mean when you're a Christian? And does that mean there's no life of suffering? I mean, a lot of times you hear people preaching and, you know, your best life now or somehow you're not supposed to suffer anything. You're supposed to uh, not get sick, not, no diseases and, and so on and so forth. And a lot of scriptures are taken out of context and made to, to make it seem as if though Christian, being a Christian, not only do you get heaven, you know, when you leave here, do uh, you get a better life. But now, in addition to that, your life here now is just wonderful and just one positive thing after another wealth money everything you know uh good health da 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 now don't get me wrong i like all those things and i definitely would want to have good health etc but at the same time i also recognize that uh we live in a fallen world and things just don't quite work that way so having said that we're going to take a look at suffering in the life of the believer in the life of the believer So let's start by simply saying suffering is a part of life. The Bible says that God lets the rain fall on the just and on the unjust. So suffering is not something that's unique to Christians or unique to believers only. It's something that comes to you if you live in this world. Because we live in a fallen world and the effects of sin by one man's disobedience Sin entered the world, and and then death passed upon all men. For it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. So, suffering is universal. Like I said before, if you just just do a little quick study of history, pick any type of history. I don't care what history you pick. You can study African empires. You can study uh, Genghis Khan and the Mongolian Empire, which encompassed Russia and China and most of Asia. You can look at some of the great Indian empires in India. Uh, you look at the Roman Empire in Western civilization or some of the islands, even the small islands out in the Pacific. They have their own histories. But one thing about the history of man is it were violent. Violence, the Bible says, by this, it wasn't until about what the sixth chapter of uh, of Genesis, when the earth was filled with violence, and God's like, "Wow, okay, this this is not uh, not cool." But all history is is one empire beating up on weaker people. One guy gets power; he beats up on weaker people. He takes their stuff. And eventually they get tired of him and somebody else rises to power and, and he beats up on, on that guy, takes his stuff and still keeps people beat up. 
And that's all. It's just war after war after war after war. It's all about conquest and violence. You know, that's why when people talk about the Pax Romana, you know, even though some empires were brutal in the way they controlled themselves, but during the Pax Romana, you had uh, you had a relative amount of peace because they were under the heel of the Roman Empire. The Roman military was there. They built roads. There was trade. There was commerce. So people lived in relative peace. Um, and so forth. And you see here in America, we're definitely living in peace because uh, very few things happen over here unless we do it to ourselves, you know, uh, homegrown terrorism or something like that. But it's rare that we get attacked from, from overseas. I, I know about 9-11, but how many 9-11s have we had? See, there you go, one. So there you go. Um, but compared to the rest of the world in this country, we live great. Uh, even on our worst day, we we live good. But even here in America, there is suffering. There is, um, you know, things happen. Kids, you know, I, I was looking at some of the commercials with St. Jude's Hospital. And I, kids are born with tumors, you know, babies. That's because we live in a fallen world. And it's nobody's fault, by the way. Punishing you because your child was born slow, deformed, or whatever. That's that's not what this is about. We live in a fallen, sinful world, and one of the effects of sin is sickness and disease. That's one of the impacts of it. And, of course, the ultimate impact is death. So, suffering is not unique to the believer. And if you live in this world, saved or unsaved, at some point in your life, there's going to be some degree of suffering. Some get more than others. You know, I don't know how that works. You know, some people just seem to have worse things happen to them than others. I don't wish anything bad on anyone. But having said that, it happens. And bad things happen, quote unquote, to good people. There are really no good people. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Uh, But okay, let's just go with the good people thing. And, but even so, so... Here you've got a, a couple who are, are Christians, they're living for God, they're, they're quote-unquote doing everything right, that they're supposed to, going to church, worshiping God, da 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 And their child is born, and there's a defect, and the child dies. Then you got this other couple, and they're crackheads. They run in the street, they wilding, they're doing whatever they want to do. And yet, they're out babies, and they're all healthy. I'm trying to show you a lot of the suffering here in the world is it's random. It has nothing to do with anybody doing anything. It, this is just the way things work out for whatever reason. God is sovereign. Yes, God can stop any of this at any time, but for His own reasons and His own divine purposes, He chooses not to. And I trust Him. And so even when things don't make sense to me, God is still right. That's one thing I, I, I keep in mind. God is always right, whether I understand it or not. And he's just. But this is what happens. You know, you take Job. You know, by the way, if you read the book of Job, God never tells Job what happened or what it was all about. Now, he did bless him, double for his trouble. That's correct. He did get that. But he never, God never explained to him. And and there's a lot of things that we're going to go through in life. And God's not going to give you any explanation as to why it happened. How do you get there? Sometimes we go through things and in, in later, by and by, after a while, we discover God's divine purpose in that, in that particular type of suffering. But for the most part, we don't. No explanation is given. It doesn't make any sense. It happens. Uh, my wife and I, we lost our first child. Uh, she had a bad heart. And, uh, you know, that was very heartbreaking. It was painful. It was painful. Uh, the day that I was going to bring her home from the hospital is the day the doctor said she can't come home. We found the problem with her heart, and the rest is history. It was just downhill from there. And we lost her. To this day, God has not explained to me why, nor does God have to explain to me why. I trust him, and he's still good. And I can't, the baby can't come to me, but I can go to her. I will see her again. 
And that's the promise that I have. So from scripture. So, yeah, I'm good with that. I'm good uh, by trusting God. My point is that there's suffering that comes to all of us. And it has nothing to do with um, whether somebody did something. So when you see something bad happen to somebody, it's not always quote unquote karma. Now, there are to that later but i just want to say a broad paint with a broad brush here right now that don't look at suffering every time something happens to somebody and say god is judging them you know or god is yeah god got them or karma or whatever you want to call it uh no no Uh, suffering just comes and a lot of it is just random it just happens um for whatever reason the car wreck or whatever etc um these things happen now there is a type of suffering that we bring on ourselves so some suffering is random it just happens nobody's fault but then sometimes it is our fault jeremiah 219 says your own wickedness will correct you your own backsliding shall rebuke you see and know therefore that it is an evil and bitter thing to forsake the lord your god uh, the Bible says, whatever a man sows, that also shall he reap. So some, not all, and that's my point here, some, not all suffering, but we're going to talk about the suffering now that we do cause. Disobedience, not listening, or just making poor decisions, poor judgment, and we find ourselves uh, in a bad situation or suffering. And so there are people today in prison who are there because they lost their temper and murdered somebody. There are people in prison because they made a bad decision one day to try crack cocaine. Uh, They made a bad decision to uh, buy a ghost gun or get get a ghost gun that wasn't registered and the cops caught them or whatever. People who are in prison because of vehicular homicide, because they made made a bad decision to drive drunk. Um, Those are your choices. Our choices. We make bad decisions, and then we suffer the consequences of said bad decision. And it happens to saint and sinner alike. It makes no difference. It comes to everybody. When you make bad decisions, you're gonna there are gonna be some consequences to said decisions. Marry the wrong person. Everybody in the family told you don't marry that guy, don't marry her. And you marry them anyway in defiance because you were in love. And somebody said love is blind, but marriage is an eye opener. And so now she finds herself in an abusive situation. The guy is sexually abusing your children, etc. And sometimes you can't see it coming. Sometimes you make a decision to marry someone and you don't see it coming. Nobody sees it coming. Uh, some people are good at camouflaging their true nature. Um, but again, but it happens, you know, and especially in these dating websites. You know, um, I just was reading about a murder that happened here in our, in our in the next town over from where I live. And it appears to be, I don't know this, so I guess the police may come back and say something different. But based on what I read and the way it happened, it seemed like she she met that she evidently she went somewhere to meet somebody on Christmas Day, in a random spot, and for whatever reason, I don't know they got into argument or the guy had intentions to kill her in the first place. I don't know, uh, rape and killer, etc. It doesn't matter, but this is what happens, and she she was found dead in her car. Okay, um, these are these are choices that we make. And I may I caution people, dating websites, please be very extremely careful because people can lie and say anything, put any kind of picture up there and say, this is me. And then when you meet the person, they're nothing like the worst when you, what they were telling you online, people lie. So I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying be very careful and, and protect yourself at all times. I, yeah, a little, little word of advice. If you meet somebody online for the first time, meet them in a very public place. In the middle of the mall, with 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 hundreds of people walking around, so everybody can see, right? <laughs> yeah. So you want to get stupid? There's a whole lot of eyewitnesses here. Um, but yeah, but protect yourself. Protect yourself. I I caution against it. I don't recommend uh, dating that way. But again, 
you know, people are going to do what they want. But you make bad decisions and then there are consequences. There was another couple, I think it was on uh, one of these uh, sites where you can, you know, you can sell your car, not eBay. It was something else. It's, um, it'll, it'll come back to my mind. At any rate, they went to meet somebody to because the guy had a, a vintage car that they were looking for. It was an elderly, elderly couple, retired, and they wanted to buy a 66 Mustang or something like that. And this guy allegedly claimed to have it, said, meet me at this particular place. And when they met him at said place, which was isolated, by the way, which is what you don't do, they met him at said particular place to go see the car. He murdered them. A nice elderly couple. So bad decisions are not people, old people, elderly people like myself, I'm 63, elderly people like myself can make bad choices. You know, trusting people, you know, people are who they say they are. And then, well, there you go. And now the whole family's suffering because they got to bury their parents and it's, you know, it's, it turns out to be it's a tragedy. So that's what I mean by suffering comes to everybody. And sometimes it's suffering that we bring upon ourselves. And it's not necessarily anybody's fault uh, in some cases. And in other cases, we bring it on ourselves by making poor decisions. But rest assured, suffering is the plight of humanity. And by the way, being rich does not mean you won't suffer. That's the myth. Now, being rich means you may suffer less or you have other ways you can spend money to help ease your pain and suffering. But it, don't, it won't stop you from, from the death of a loved one. It won't stop you from getting in trouble. I know some of these guys that are in the music industry, you've got money, they're rich, they're wealthy, they're famous, and they still manage to get themselves in trouble and in jail. They shoot somebody or they kill somebody or whatever, or they do something illegal and possession of drugs. You're rich. Why are you doing stupid things to get yourself in trouble? Because that's the fallenness of humanity. We're fallen humans. And even with money, we tend to do still make bad decisions. Next thing you know, you're in prison. Uh, or you've killed a loved one. Or you get killed because you started a, a, a war with somebody over a record or something. He said on his record, I said something on my record. And then next, you know, it's, it, guns are out. Guns and knives are out. Um, this is, this is, this is what happens. So even though you're wealthy, wealthy people make bad decisions. We all know Will Smith made a bad decision to go over there and slap Chris Rock. Bad decisions. Both of them are wealthy. He's a wealthy man, top of the zenith of his career in movie making. You know, actor, you know, all the world was in front of him. He could probably pick any movie that he wanted to. One bad decision. Kicked out of the academy. The, uh, the Motion Picture Academy and banned, etc. from this one and that one, and other people started dropping him from films because of one bad decision. Rich, wealthy, top of your game. Bad decision. That's what I'm talking about. So suffering comes to us all. Nobody is exempt from it. Wealth, money, none of those things are going to stop it. It's coming. Hopefully, we all try to do the best we can not made bad decisions. I have suffered because I have made some bad decisions in life. And I paid the price for it. So I'm trying to tell you that it happens to all of us. Me, you, everybody. I'm not exempt. Um, and sometimes, you know, you just live with those regrets. I was, you know, laughing with someone the other day. It's, it's amazing. You spend your entire youth trying to figure your life out, you know, what you should be doing and how you should do it, etc. And by the time you figure it out, it's about time to leave here. You're at the end. <laughs> You're thinking to yourself, wow. But at least try to learn something from your mistakes. Let them be a teaching, a teachable moment, a teaching experience. And try to learn some things from that. The scripture that was just read earlier, that through much tribulation we must enter into the kingdom of God. Now we're going to look at the suffering that, see, if you just suffer, when you just suffer things because of random events or whatever, 
you don't get any there's no you don't get any points there's no merit to that in terms of the believer it's just life happening life happens there's no merit or anything you don't get any cookies or anything like that um however even when random things happen and through through whatever form of suffering we're, we're getting maintain your faith in christ that's the most important thing uh don't let that shake you up but random things happen nobody's fault this happens your car was parked in the parking lot a meteorite hit it well uh, how much control would you have over that right who knew not your fault it happens but you know god gives you grace and we keep it moving then there's suffering because of our own poor decisions they told you don't park here because a meteorite's going to hit and you ignored the warnings you ignored what they told you and you said it was fake news and you parked your car there a meteorite hits your car well now whose fault is that they told you the meteorite was coming and it's going to hit it in that exact same spot but you know you were anti-science so you decided i'm gonna park my car right here now the insurance company is giving you a hard time about paying right because you knew you were warned they told you don't go there but now we're going to look at the sufferings that we go through as believers because of our faith that's right faith in christ can bring will bring not can bring not 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 may bring faith in christ if you live your life as a believer you are going to suffer the bible we just read it uh in in uh in the book of acts we just read it in the book of acts where it says through much tribulation through much tribulation after he preached the gospel to that city and had many made many disciples he was encouraging them to continue in the faith, saying that through many tribulations, you will enter the kingdom of God. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, we have already come. But because of God's amazing grace, we get through it. So there's suffering in the Christian life. What do people tell you? There's no suffering as a believer. You don't have to be sick. You don't have to be blind. You don't have to be, you know, have cancer. You don't have, and all this kind of foolishness. Through much tribulation, you must enter into the kingdom of God. Yea, and all those who will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. That's what the Bible says. You will suffer persecution. It's coming because of your faith you may be shunned by your family members talked about behind your back because of your position in christ and your uh you know you're there at a family reunion and you're the only guy that's not drinking beer or getting drunk or telling lewd jokes and they look at you as a square and you're not you know you're not cool you're you with that God thing, or, you know, uh, if you're an African-American community, you know, that a white man done brainwash you, the white man's religion. He done, he done told you, you know, and, and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's, that's what happens. Um, and so you suffer persecution, you're, you're, you're ostracized, uh, you're held up to ridicule, uh, you're considered to be an oddity by your family members. And for and former friends, <laughs> if they still remain your friends, um, true friends will respect your decisions. But when they're not true friends, you know they they won't respect it. And then that's a, that's actually a plus for you because now you know who's with you and who isn't. Um, but yeah, if, if you if you live the Christian life, there there there's going to be persecution. There's going to be suffering, and that's where you, that there you get points. Uh, when you suffer for Christ's sake, when you suffer as a believer, uh, when you suffer because of your position in Christ, because you didn't want to tell the lie, uh, you told the truth. When you uh, did the right thing, even though but you, by doing the wrong thing, you could have got away with whatever it was that had happened, but you decided, now I'm a Christian, I choose to do the right thing, and it costs you your job.
it costs you your livelihood, etc. And I know sometimes Christians, not all Christians pass the test. I know for a fact. Some Christians will lie, keep that job. Some Christians will do some things, you know, to protect themselves. I'm not judging those individuals. Uh, that's something they have to work out between them and God. But the ideal in the Christian walk is that we make the choices, the hard choices to do the right thing in spite of whatever pain it may cause us. And and that's the most important thing as believers. Uh, is that we learn to accept the suffering that comes to us because of our faith. When the apostles, James and John, their mother had a request to Jesus that when his kingdom comes, one wants it on the left hand, the other one on the right hand. And Jesus said, you said pretty so much words, you, do you really know what you're asking for here? Can you drink from the cup that I have to drink from? And of course they said, yeah, but you know, they had no idea what that cup was going to be. Yeah, they all drank it, all the apostles drank it, except Judas for obvious reasons. Um, and Jesus said, you, you, you shall indeed drink from the cup that I'm going to drink from. Are you going to, you're going to walk through the same thing I've walked through. However, he says, my father's the one who decides who sits on my left and my right hand in so many words. So again, what Christ is saying, you follow me, the cup that I drank from, you're going to also drink from that same cup. Now let's look at this cup that Christ drank from in Isaiah. 53, because Jesus said, it's, it's not enough, he said, it's, it's not enough that you be, it's enough that the servant be as his master. He said, they have called me the master of the house. They called me Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. They called Jesus, they blasphemed him and called him Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. He says, what do you think they're going to do to you, the, my servants, my people, my apostles? My the believers who follow behind me. What do you think they're going to do to you? So let's see what they did to Christ and get an idea of uh, what's going to happen to you. I'm talking about real believers. I'm not talking about this fake stuff. I went to the altar and I prayed the so-called sinner's prayer and now I'm in the kingdom. If there has not been a work of the Holy Ghost at that altar, no amount of praying or words repeating after me is going to bring you into the kingdom of God, period. It ain't happening. And there are many people who have walked the aisle, who have signed the card. They're going to be in hell. They're going to be in hell. Many people who signed the card and walked that aisle are now going to be in hell because they got a false sense of salvation thinking God saved them when God in fact did not save them. He was not in operation. There wasn't a change of heart. There was no repentance. There was no gift of faith given. Yet you left them believing that they were transformed and in fact they were not. That's why most of our so-called conversions and street meetings and evangelism when people allegedly come to the altar, you never see them again. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that because the seed has been planted and hopefully it'll germinate one day. Most of evangelism is just planting seeds. You're not doing anything else but just plowing the field and planting seeds. That's it. And then God waters and gives the, somebody else waters and then eventually God gives the increase. But salvation is 100% an act, a divine act of God upon the human heart. If in fact God does not work on the human heart, there will be no conversion. I don't care what the person says. All right, that's an old other Bible study. So in Isaiah 53, let's see what happened to Jesus here. Let's see what it is. In verse 3, Jesus said that we will be as the master in terms of suffering. We, we don't become Christ. Christ does not become us. We are not God. We never will be God. We're just human beings. 
but some of the experiences that he went through and in his humanity, we also will go through because we're following him. We're walking closely in his steps. Wherever he put his foot here, you put your foot right inside his footprint. And that's how close we want to walk to him. Look at this. He was despised and rejected by men. So, don't be surprised when they reject you. Because Christ is rejected, you also will be rejected by this world. He was a man of sorrows. He was acquainted with grief. He, he, he was acquainted with it. Yeah, I know grief. Like when you're acquainted with it, yeah, I'm, I'm acquainted with him. I, I know him. You know, we, we, we talk every now and then. He was a man of sorrows. So as a believer, you're walking in Christ's footsteps. Sorrows are part of the, life, of the Christian life. Because of our faith, there's going to be, because of our faith, there's going to be some sorrow. And some grief. Sorrow. Why? Because there are loved ones who don't understand. We wish they would under they had to get Christ the way we do, but they don't understand it, and that it causes you sorrow and grief to watch loved ones die Christless deaths, and it grieves you. It's sorrowful, friends and family that reject Christ. Because to reject Christ is to reject me because I accept Christ. It's a package deal. You want Christ, you want me, you got to have Christ. It's a deal. Acquainted with grief. That's from one men hid their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Don't be surprised when people on your job or in your, in your circle, there are going to be people, people who despise you. Now, they may despise you for different reasons. Now, if you despise me because I'm black, if you despise me because I'm quiet, if you despise me because I drive a better car than you, if you despise me because uh, my marriage is, is intact and yours isn't, if you despise me, people can despise you for any number of reasons or any combination of said reasons. Okay, so be discerning as to why people despise you. But there are going to be those group of people who will despise you because of your faith in Christ. Like I said, I'm a proponent of self-defense. If you physically attack me because you don't like me, we're going to fight. Yeah, Christian is on. I'm going to protect myself. I'm not going to stand and let somebody harm me or my family. Having said that, If you attack me because of my faith in Christ, I think that's where offering the other cheek comes in at that particular point for your faith in Christ. Then I think that we give a different response. But if you say, I'm going to just beat you up because I don't like you, it, it's on. Yeah, we, we, we're going we're gonna to scrap. I'm going to protect myself uh and not let you do me any harm but if you want to harm me for christ's sake then that's a whole nother ball game a whole different thing going on there now we don't bore people we don't bear people's griefs and carry people's sorrows not like christ christ did that because of, of, of his mission but my point is that he was despised and he was rejected jesus said they've hated me they're going to hate you also when the world loves you and they hug you and they embrace you, I think maybe you need to reevaluate your salvation. Now, yes, the early church grew grew in favor with the people. That means that people respected them, but they didn't love them. With every chance they had to destroy the church, the world will take it. Every chance they have to come after you, they're going to take it. They're not going to hesitate to come after us. And they love these scandals, you know. They love all these scandals. This preacher, you know, he. Uh, you look at the at the at the, at the abuse in the uh, spiritual abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse. It's not just the Catholic Church. Now that it's in the Southern Baptist Convention. It's, uh, and I don't even want to begin to tell you. I've seen it over and over again in Pentecostal churches. It it it, it it's it's just like an epidemic almost. 
of of abuse. Okay, I I, I get that. I get it. I get it. I I understand that. Uh, having said that, um, and the world loves to emphasize that, you know, look, look at this preacher did this, and this preacher did that, anything to discredit, and then they take people like you and I, who are living for Christ, and weren't abusing anyone, and they lump us in with them. That's why I teach the way that I do, because I want to make a separation between those who say they're Christians or leaders and ministries, but they blatantly are abusive to people and people are only using the, the ministry to get rich and, and, and things like that and don't care anything about the people or the salvation of those that they're even preaching to. Uh, I want to make a point here, a line of demarcation, that that's not what we're about. And there are many people like myself who are not about that. They just don't have the, the, the big name. But there are people out here who are generally preaching the gospel. And some of you who are listening to me are genuine Christians. You love the Lord. You know monkey business, things of that nature. And um, and yet you're rejected. Oh, and by the way, even in the context of the church, your own home church, you can be rejected uh, sometimes. Be, and it has nothing to do with you. It's just because of Christ in you. And the, and some people who say they're saved, because everybody in the church who say they're saved or not, even even so in some instances, pastors, bishops, uh, people are holding positions that they really shouldn't be in, but it's it's all political, and they're just there, and but they don't really care about the people, uh, per se, and it's all about them and them uh, building their brand and building whatever it is. And whatever happens to the people who are following them, they don't really seem to care that much about. I could regale you with stories, you know, for another 100 episodes, but I won't. And so sometimes, even in the, even within the church, other people who say they're believers reject you. They will not accept you they will not embrace you um because and sometimes it's because of the christ in you you're living the christian life you're doing what god and being obedient to him and they just simply refuse to uh to accept you and they do everything they can to make sure that you sit down and be quiet and don't ever say or do nothing they don't like it when god uses you and they try to block you and keep you from doing what God has called you to do. It happens, even in the church setting. But if you are a Christian, there will be suffering. There will be suffering and there will be pain because of your following Christ. Don't believe people when they tell you that you're, that you're going to prosper, that you're going to have wealth and and the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Don't believe that stuff. It's a mis misinterpretation of scripture uh, for the most part. And now the other extreme is that, in fact, we're going to go into that here. We're going to, because I'm going to balance this off right now, but in the next segment. But, uh, but don't let these people tell you that there's no suffering in the Christian life. And by the way, and like I said, having money or not having money does not stop you from suffering. Having good health does not stop you from suffering. Uh, no matter whether you're rich or poor, suffering comes. If you're a believer, in addition to the regular suffering, in addition to the suffering brought on by your own bad decisions, now you got on top of that, there's a suffering for Christ. But that has merit, not towards your salvation, but it has merit towards uh, the rewards that there are in the Christian life. God bless. presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day, in the temple, and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. Amen. Now we're going to talk a little bit in this last segment about the Christian's response to suffering. Our response to suffering for Christ's sake. For Christ's sake, I'm not talking about the other types of suffering. 
But when you suffer for Christ's sake because of being a Christian, here the apostles had been beaten and they were told not to preach anymore in his name, etc. And when they left out from being persecuted for their faith because they were preaching Christ, it says, and then they left the presence of the council, listen to this, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. The Christian response to suffering because of Christ, the Bible teaches us that we are to rejoice. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, there's something to shout about. See, people want to shout and run around the church and, and hallelujah because of God gave them that new car, God blessed them or whatever. Where we really need to turn it up when it comes to worship, when it comes to shouting, if you want to call it that. There's your hallelujah moment. And beaten, and you're despised, you're rejected for serving Christ. Your faith in Christ caused you to lose your job because of your position in Christ. When your faith in Christ caused you to be in prison, when your faith in Christ causes you to lose everything, wife walks out on you, husband walks out on you, children reject you, family rejects you. You shout, you rejoice. Hallelujah, glory to God. Bless your name, Father. I thank you, God. Rejoice. Excited. Fired up. That's the Christian's response. Get that, then I really don't have to say much else. And that was Acts 5, uh, 41. Take a little stroll through the scriptures here. And a lot of times I say things and I don't quote scriptures because I want you to actually go look it up for yourself. Sometimes. So I want you to do that. Okay, uh, then let's go to Romans. Romans chapter 5. Ironically, I believe it's another verse 41. Or is it? No. There is no 41 verses in Romans. Yes, I can't read my own handwriting, people. That's that's one of the things that happens. So that's part of my suffering. <laughs> okay. But in Romans, the fifth chapter, it talks about rejoicing. Because when we're persecuted for Christ's sake, That we rejoice. Let's let's the reason let's listen to this here from Romans chapter five, starting at verse one. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Yes, rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice, O Christian, lift up your voice and sing. Eternal hallelujah to Jesus Christ our King. The hope of all who seek him, the help of all who find. None other is so loving, so good and kind. He lives. He lives. We rejoice. Be happy. You know that song, Don't Worry, Be Happy? When you're suffering as a believer, that should pop into your mind. I ain't going to worry. I'm going to be happy. Because God allowed you to demonstrate your love and your commitment to him by giving you a chance to suffer for him. A good book you might want to get is called Fox's Book of Martyrs. I believe there were more martyrs in the 20th, 20th century than in any other time in human history for the believer. However, having said that, I 
Britain show the 21st century is well on the way. Uh, the underground church in Iran is actually making some inroads now, and hopefully that wicked regime will be removed. But they're not doing it through just by being political. They're just simply doing it by being Christians. And, and because of Christian influence, the society begins to change rather than out there, you know. Uh, anyway, that's another, that's another discussion. But rejoice, rejoice. Now let's go to Romans chapter 8. I believe it is verse 18. Let's see if my handwriting is good here. Writing is good what I wrote. Ah, for once I got it right. <laughs> now listen to Romans chapter 8 verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing. So, for the suffering, he said, Paul writes, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy comparing to with the glory that is to be revealed in us. So the suffering, or I think Paul calls it in another scripture, light affliction. I'm going through for Christ, not just going through because of other things, but I'm going through because of my faith in Christ. It doesn't feel like a light affliction. There's nothing light about it as I'm going through it. So when you're in it, you're not going to feel it's a light affliction. But if you contrast that with the glory that shall be revealed, it's a light affliction. So however heavy that affliction was, just think about how much more. It's just going to be just that much more glory to be revealed later on. So we have something to look forward to. Now I know some people say it's not, you know, oh, you're back to the pie in the sky thing. I gotta wait. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. You're gonna just have to wait for it. Now will God do some good things for you in this world? Yes, but that even the good things in the world that happens to us here are nothing compared to what's coming. And we don't live as believers just to have quote unquote good things happen to us. We live, we live for Christ. See, you, you can't do this stuff unless you, A, love Christ, and two, you understand, that, and by love I mean deep commitment to Christ and to his cause and what he has called us to do. You see it, you love him for it, and out of love, not obligation, not because I'm going to go to hell, but out of obligation, not out of obligation, but because I, there's a deep love for Christ that nothing Nothing's too hard in terms of bringing you joy. If it puts a smile on his face, if it brings joy to the heart of God, I will gladly suffer the loss of all things. What's he going to say in your heart? If that's what brings joy to his heart, so be it. Christ, the solid rock I stand, all the ground is sinking sand. And the opening salvo in Dietrich Bonhoeffer's book, when Christ calls a discipleship, when Christ a man, when Christ calls a man to himself, he calls him to come and die. Are you ready? I don't mean physically dying. That may happen, but in the, we're in the West. That's just not going to happen, at least not anytime soon. But dying to our, our ambitions, plans, and our wishes, all my ambitions, plans, and wishes to him right or wrote. Dying to my plans, my ambitions, and my wishes. And let it lay it on the altar of Christ. God, what brings you joy? What will make you happy? What do I need to do with my life that will put a smile on your face? That will bring glory to you. And in some cases, God lets you keep your ambitions and your plans. In some cases, he doesn't. But you got to go ask first. Don't assume. Go find out. Philippians. Chapter 1. Go down here to verse 29. Philippians chapter 1, verse 29. Philippians 1, 29. And let's see. Where's my reader here? Here she is. Here we go. Philippians 1, 29. 
for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Engaged in the Okay. So, verse 29, for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, not only should you believe in Christ, but suffer for his sake. Suffer for Christ's sake. Engage in the same conflict. What's the conflict? The war between good and evil. War of the worlds. You got the world and all its value systems and its worldviews. Then you got the Judeo-Christian values over here and its worldviews. They are in conflict. There is a clash. There is a power struggle in this world. Now, does that mean we, we, we engage by overthrowing kingdoms and, and taking up arms and going up to the capital and, and pulling a January 6th? No, that's not what he's talking about. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. It's, it's warring in prayer. Warring by living the Christian lifestyle, living and walking out the Christian life as Jesus walked in front of the entire world. Let them see it. How you live your life, Christ-like, standing your ground. I hold these; these are the truths that I hold. This is my true north. This is the word of God, standing on the word of God. Here's what it says: You can't stop other people from doing what they want to do. You cannot legislate people into righteousness. That's never going to happen. But what you can do is live out your Christian life and practice your faith. In front of the world, in defiance of when they're telling you you should live this way, and you say, No, I'm living that way. When sinners entice you, it says, Don't give consent. We're gonna go over here, we're gonna do something stupid or sinful or wicked. I'll see y'all later. As a young Christian man back in the day, that's how I lived my life. And I was an oddity, people thought I was weird. Whole lot of, I can only imagine the thoughts that's going through people's mind. What's wrong with this guy? Why isn't he doing what we do? That's all part of the Christian life. And a lot of my youth as a, as a, as a young Christian man, I walked alone. People understood me or not. Didn't care. Christ was all in all to me. Still is. To lose the friendship of everybody on the planet in terms of my walking with Christ, so be it. That won't happen, of course. But that's your going to be your position. You walk with Him. One more scripture here. You know, everybody likes to be attitudes and talks about blessings. One of the things we're going to talk about how to be blessed, because Beatitudes, Beatitudes tells you how to be blessed. And you don't have to pray to God for blessing. Just live the Beatitudes and you'll be blessed. But people aren't going to live Beatitudes because it's not that they don't, they don't want to be, you know, they don't like the type of blessing Jesus is talking about. All right, in Matthew 5, verse 10. In the Beatitudes, the attitudes that ought to be a good preacher told me, men called it once. Let's listen to this. Matthew 5, starting at verse 10. Let's hear it. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. So, when people revile you, utter all kinds of evil falsely, and it has to be false, can't be true. Make sure it's false. If it's true, then... Own it. It's true that yes, I'm guilty. I, I did that. And then repent of it and ask God for forgiveness, etc. I, I get that. 
But if they say things against you falsely on my account, rejoice, be exceeding glad, the King James King James words it. Rejoice and be glad. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm rejoicing that I have been able to suffer for Christ's sake. Wow, this is beautiful. Yeah. That's when you're blessed. That's where the blessings sit. We're going to talk about it. Maybe I'll do the next podcast on that, Open the Year Up, with how to be blessed. There are a few things that you need to do. If you do these few things, you will be blessed by God. See, we think blessings is a, is a liver shiver. It's a good feeling, a shake and a quake. And I felt good today, and I, I shouted. But that stuff is temporary. It doesn't last, people. You gotta get you like a junkie. You gotta come back and get your hit next week. Remember this: not drug addicts. It's not a narcotic that you come here and you get your fix every week, and then you leave out of here like it's a methadone clinic. No. Christ, and the blessing is living for Christ. The blessing is being persecuted for His name's sake, suffering for Him, being reviled for Him, rejected for Him, called stupid and idiot and blind. The white man has fooled you. You're lying. The Bible ain't true. I don't believe it. It makes you seem like you're a fool and an idiot for for, for believing everything it says, from cover to cover. That's where the blessing lies. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. His oath, his covenant, his blood supports me in the whelming flood. When all around gives way, he's all my anchor and my hope and my stay. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Let's let's finish up with this here. And I love this. And I'm going to keep on reading it till it sinks in. Somebody's going to get it. This is from Augustine's City of God. Accordingly, two cities have been formed by two loves. This is the conflict. Two cities, two loves. They're in conflict with each other. The earthly by the love of self. First, even to the contempt of God. It's all about me. The heavenly by the love of God, even to the contempt of self. We love God and self takes a back burner. And we follow Christ first. Let me close out by saying this, and we'll get back to it a little later on throughout the year. You'll hear this theme running through a lot of the podcasts. And you've probably heard it already, but that needs to be said again. Somewhere back in, it might have been the fifties. I don't, I don't know when it began. But they notice in advertising, people, people don't like salesmen, you know, especially you know the car salesmen get a bad rap, you know. As soon as you show up on the lot, here they come, you know, they just like they like a vulture descending on you to sell you a car. So a very wise advertiser came up with a plan. He said, you know what? Instead of trying to sell people the car, let's do something different. Let's make the person that I'm trying to sell something to, let's make them the hero of the story. And so instead of saying, would you buy this car? You make them the hero because it's like, you know, uh, you're the winner or you're the hero. You'll save the day by buying this car. This is how you'll be a hero. You know, your, your kids or whatever, you know, and they're going to love you for this or you know, and so and so everything is for you. This car is built for you so that you could be a hero. This this copier is for you so you can be the hero. Every, everything is built for you. It's designed for you, and you become the hero. And so much of our church services today, that's what has happened. They've adapted that profile where they make you the hero. And so you're David, you're Goliath, you're Joseph, you're, uh, you're the hero of the story, you're Samson. You're Jonah. You become the hero. And it becomes all about you. Well, 
hate to burst your bubble, but the scriptures are about Christ. And that's where our focus should be. And if our focus is there, then suffering for him will not be a problem. God bless. Once again, I want to wish everyone a happy new year. And coming soon, God willing, we're just pray with me about going. We're going to switch over to YouTube. And yes, we'll still do here on Spotify, but in other platforms. But we're going to add YouTube to the platform as well. So I thank God for every one of you. I thank God for those who some of you actually gave financially to support this podcast. And I want to thank you. Uh, for for doing so, and for those of you who, who may want to, uh, it's on Spotify, and it has my Cash App, or you can donate, you know, a certain amount of money a month, right on down to like two dollars, one dollar, whatever. Uh, that's fine by me. I, and but I just want to thank those individuals who have done so, and uh, praise God for them. And even those who have not done so, I praise God because you've listened to the podcast. We're going to continue to do these podcasts, and uh, hopefully, uh, people are learning and growing and being blessed by it. Um, one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, you can go back and scroll through the list and look at look at all the interviews that I did. They were all fantastic. Some of the guests we had: Lael Divine, Valley Liason. Dave and Pam Lovett and Don Hill, the Love Six Scribe, and Pastor Chad Mansbridge, all the way from Australia. So, uh, dig in, listen to him, and be blessed. And I also did a podcast on how to sharpen your sword. You may want to listen to that if you help you to uh, do a better job of studying your Bible. Um, the beginning of the year, now is the time. They're, they're, you go online and just look up, you know, some of the. Places where the, you can read the Bible through in a year. You should at least read the Bible through at least once a year, at least. Um, I'm able to do mine twice a year because I have two separate schedules and I double up on everything. But you don't have to be as crazy and radical as me. But uh, and, and by the way, it has nothing to do with your salvation. It, it just helps you to grow. That's all. So you may want to do that um, as well. And I, I have my reader here. You hear her reading the scriptures. When I get to those hard texts with those hard names that are hard to read, I read along with her. I put that on, and she's reading, I'm reading with her, and that keeps me reading at a good pace as well. And I also learn how to pronounce some of those hard names. So that's important. That will also help you learn how to do better pronunciation of some of the difficult uh, names in there that we're not used to. So by all means, thank you. And like I said, uh, I'm looking forward to the new year, 2023. You know, and you know, this may be the year Christ returns. I don't know. If it is beautiful, thank God. You know, stop the world. I want to get off, right? Um, but be ready. Be ready. If you're saved, be you ready. Therefore, for such an hour as you think not. So when we're not thinking about it, that's when He's going to show up. And um, we may do some critiques on some of the end time films. You can reach me. If you want to talk to me or contact me at rhyd1-2001 at gmail.com rhyd1-2001 at gmail.com and you can contact me there it's mentioned that you're listening to the podcast any suggestions or ideas or anything that you may want to ask questions you may want to ask about uh, we'll try to maybe do some podcasts to help answer some of those questions but again thank you for listening uh, it's a real blessing um, to uh, be able to do this thank God for social media and, and tech it's a game changer otherwise I wouldn't be able to do or share any of these things but I'm excited we're going to have a good year God willing I'm hoping for beware of these prophecies now tonight you're going to get a lot of watch night services and they're going to tell you this is going to be your year uh, I'm not going to tell you that I don't know I hope it is 
but it, it, but for some people, it, it won't be your year in the way that they're talking about. It. Some fantastical stuff happening. But to me, it's a good year. If I finish out this year, 2023, coming up, and I'm going to 2024, and I'm still in the land of the living and, and in good health, that's a good year for me. So God bless you, and thank you so much. I cannot thank you people enough for taking time out of your busy day. I know you got other things you could be doing and yet you take time to listen to this podcast. And I'm my prayer is that you're really learning stuff and really growing and it's really helping you. Because uh, I want to be that type of a blessing. So God bless you and thank you so very much. And we will see you, God willing, 